As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Schmidt List, the podcast for people dedicated to managing successful projects, developing impactful products, and building engaged teams. And now, here's your host, Kurt Schmidt. Styles, how are you today? Thanks for joining me. Yeah, Kurt, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So you're at Studio E. Styles, what do you what do you guys do over at Studio E? What's the mission and what value and services do you provide? Yeah, for sure. I appreciate <laughs> you asking. As you were a pretty heavily purpose-driven organization. So our yes. purpose as an organization is to help leaders and their organizations create more possibility. And so we do that through a leadership development program. We call it Expedition is our, is our primary sort of flagship offering. But we teach a curriculum uh, called Exploratory Leadership. And Exploratory Leadership, by definition, is the art of motivating people, which mm-hmm. includes yourself, to <laughs> effectively travel into the unknown uh, and discover more possibility and create better outcomes. So that might be people trying to Uh, launch new ideas that might be navigating uh, changing markets or, or industry dynamics. But thinking about those situations where our normal rule book and our normal plans and metrics don't lead us down the right path, how do we explore our way forward with confidence and with motivation? And that's what we do. That's awesome. It's been pretty boring in the business landscape for the last few years. So I'm guessing you're not too busy. Not a lot has changed, really. Not much going on out there. So I'm yeah, sure right. you're just coasting, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. No, it's, I hate to even say this. I feel like this last year, and ironically, you and I were joking about this a little bit on the front end. The last time you and I spoke, I, I have the privilege of being with you again for a second time, and I, I really enjoyed our first session together. Yeah. But it was just over a year ago, and we were just on the front end of this pandemic, this global yes, pandemic, we were. and everything else that has transpired in the last 12 or 13 months. And it has really been almost this amazing business case for what we do and why we do it. Yeah. So I think we're finding on one hand that having that business case has, has allowed us to thrive and even to reimagine how we do what we do and how we bring it to the world because it's created more importance for us. But it's also been challenging because we, as yeah. we know it, you know, leaders and organizations are, are, are struggling more so than not. And making the investment to develop their teams, develop their leadership and develop their culture can be tough. But yeah, we're very happy with what we're doing. We, we love it and we, uh, we live by our purpose immensely. Yeah. And that's and I'm really glad you brought that up because the idea that you folks focus on that exploratory leadership thing 
I think is really valuable because that's where um, I find leaders uh, struggling with emotional intelligence because they think that it is some sort of framework and things that they can, well, I'll just do this. I'll ask these sets of questions. I'll schedule these types of meetings, blah, blah, blah. But what I've learned is that emotional intelligence and where it comes from and, and is really understanding who you are as a leader. What are the triggers mm -hmm. you have? What triggers you? Really getting a good grasp of your own emotions and understanding them in depth is really important because when you go out and you start working with a team and building a team, those things are going to just spill over whether you, you like it or not. So I'm guessing right. in some of the sessions and things that you do, you really explore the idea of what are what do you want as a leader? What do you what does success for you look mm -hmm. like? Like we have to determine that before we yeah. can determine what your team's success looks like. Yeah, I, I think number one, you're spot on, and I think it's a good thesis to have. I, I think it's it starts for us, and I think, and I'll I'll be the first to admit, I am not an, an EI or EQ expert by any stretch of the imagination. I know enough to be dangerous, but I, it is foundational to what we do and believe, especially as a leader and how you show up. There's a side of what to do and then there's a side of how to be and i think right. oftentimes especially when we're tackling challenging markets and or uncharted waters that the how to be sometimes is almost more important and more relevant than the what to do the what to do will figure out but how to be and how to show up and you're absolutely right it starts with awareness that self-awareness and again i've had to learn this the hard way again i am no expert i am not perfect you can ask my wife you can ask my business partners, you can ask my team and, and past teams but it is recognition for that first and we do a lot of work with leaders uh, of organizations as well as leadership teams around the alignment side of that we focus a lot on purpose first and foremost you have a purpose as an organization you need to have a purpose as an individual and where that overlap happens is where the magic happens but the self-awareness as, as we all know by definition is where the sort of the ei side of things really starts and it's foundational and without that I, I was told a long time ago like being able to love and care for others you have to be able to love and care for yourself first i think there's can be a debate on that but it, it follows that adage like yeah. I can't expect to be a strong, emotional, and empathetic leader for other people if I can't, in fact, have awareness for where I am myself. Yeah. Do you find that over the past year, especially with the virtual environments with teams and leaders, that's been more of a um, prominent part of the, the work that you're doing over there and the way that you're approaching how to show up? Because if we're showing up and you can only see from here to here, it's a little different right. than if I'm walking yeah. around the room and I'm, I have a bigger impact in the room. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it, this environment is totally different than yeah. uh, an in-person working environment. It's different even from a client interaction environment. I think one of the big challenges, we know it's true, it's been proven, and everyone's trying to solve for it is navigating this new virtual world. How do we connect the level of frequency of connection? I happen to be in, a, in an office concept much like yours. It's very open. We are fly-by-night people where things happen, we hear things, and you can see and feel emotion in the room. Very hard to do virtually. But I think being intentional. So you teach something up on the front end and this notion of just going, I want to call it going through the motions, but I can practice it if I just block out the time for it. I can practice yeah. it if I schedule those extra meetings. I, I, I think there is an element of that that is true. I think a lot of it is being intentional with the retrospective, being intentional with the self-awareness, being intentional with the self-management. And how do I handle certain, certain situations? And yeah, I want to, and we'll probably touch on this, but this notion of empathy, what does it really mean to be an empathetic leader? Yep. What does that really mean? Right. You know, and the difference between empathy and sympathy 
and what some people show up as apathy because yeah. you end up losing, <laughs> you're right. losing steam for what might really matter as a goal or an objective for a business because you get caught in the trap of we need to culturally we need to care about everybody. I hope that's true, but I don't want to lose sight of the real mission uh, as part of it. Because yeah. honestly, like myself in my history working with some bad leaders and people have always complained about micromanagement, right? I don't want to be mm -hmm. a micromanager and, and all those different things. And I always had to explain to people what micromanagement actually is and what it is being inconsistent. And it's what we call the swooping and pooping sometimes where you're the boss <laughs> and you come into the meeting and you're like, what is all this? Why are we even doing this? And then they leave and we're like, what are we doing here? Why are we even here? And what I found is those leaders that didn't really have an understanding of what they actually wanted, what success really looked like to them, not to the company, not to the team, not to the project, not to the product or whatever it was, what is success? Yeah. And they really understood what success meant to them. I felt like those leaders that had a handle on that had a much more stable approach to how they worked through challenges or opportunities or different things that come up in a day-to-day -day basis. Because we're all busy. We're all like chasing after cats like crazy people <laughs> during the day. But if you don't know in the end, what is your kind of North Star? What is your guiding principle as a person, not as a title? Yeah. And so in your exploratory leadership, is there exercises and things that you go through that, that can help somebody with that sort of figuring out that North Star? Yeah, I think for sure. Not to give away our secret sauce, but you know, that's well, what this whole podcast is. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know if you yeah. knew that I was actually just going to, we're going to go through an entire studio <laughs> e session for free. Uh, for me Free right now. So. <laughs> okay, go um, ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so our, 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 our sort of first and foremost competency is purpose. So alignment with your purpose as a person. Oftentimes it can be talking about legacy. So we do a, we do a really fun exercise where you get to juxtapose your LinkedIn you versus a legacy. How do you show up differently thinking about who you want to be as a legacy, not who you are by title on paper? We do a lot with mindset. So how do I think that there's a, a great formula that we use and it's called the mindset formula. And it's thinking about there are these events that happen right in our life. They're the stories we tell ourselves about those events. And then ultimately that leads to the outcome. Whatever the, the outcome is, that is yep. the outcome. But the key in that is the story. And so really latching onto the story we tell ourselves, the story that we want to be telling and what that success looks like is fundamental to how we show up and create clarity for what matters most, what quote unquote success looks like. And, and that's a big part of it. So it's about purpose and understanding that for thyself. It's also about getting really clear on the stories we're telling ourselves that guide that. And that's part of the awareness side and some of the reframing that has to happen as a leader to, to not only extend with what your purpose or what your success definition might be, but mm -hmm. how do I get others to come along for that ride? How do I show the vulnerability that's necessary to get them there with me? Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. yeah. Does, does it, yeah. is it okay if my purpose changes over time? I've, I've found some people that get a, a little nervous about putting like the, the defining yeah. and being like, this is my purpose. And then I'm, I'm set for life. In the next 60 yeah. years, I'm all good. Yeah. There's two things. One, I've never found anybody that literally sticks with their purpose indefinitely. This notion or this fallacy that it doesn't, that it can't change, I think needs to be debunked. Number two, it's something I've always believed that isn't where I'm at right now. It's what I aspire to be or reach to. If my purpose is to be a, a positive voice of reason to generate possibility, 
Like if that's my purpose, number one, that might change and evolve. But number two, that's what I aspire to be. I am not showing up that way each and every day and every second of every day. That is yeah. something that I hope to achieve over time. So I think therein lies, you know, part of that is get comfortable with starting to self-align and create that self-awareness, even if it's messy, even if it's perfect. We often say at the studio, better is perfect. That notion of iteration is needed. Um, and then the other thing that plays a lot into it, and we deal a lot with this probably more on, it comes about more in this concept of ideation, but mm. it needs to get pulled back into awareness and self-awareness. And that is the notion of, of human need. So like at the end of the day, whether you're talking about success or fulfillment, they're so often tied to needs that we have and then those fundamental needs that we all have and really gaining awareness for that for ourselves and for the expectation of our businesses is fundamental. And I think yeah. that's sometimes where leaders get off the rails is this notion of, can I truly be vulnerable about where I'm at, what I hope to achieve, what I want this business to achieve and what needs am I fulfilling against? We don't want to be selfish in that, but if we're not, then we're not also being that, that transparent or honest. But again, Styles, I like the iteration sounds cute, but I want to be there now. Like I want to, I, I don't want to, I want to iterate. I just want to be better now. So yeah. how, how can I do that, Styles? Like, how can I just be better tomorrow? Yeah, <laughs> as a uh, I think there's a couple of things. One, if you believe that it's a flip of a switch, um, <laughs> that's a whole other, that's a whole other podcast. That might be a, that might be a series. You're, you, as much as I am, are on the professional development journey. And I think you have to be. I think once you step into the role as leader, not as manager, very different. But as leader, I think Simon Sinek has probably said it best and not to go off quoting people, but this notion of as a leader is your number one priority that you're in charge of an organization or is your number one priority that you're in the care of those that you're in the charge of. And so this notion of leading other people is so different than leading the success of the organization. Checking the box, hitting profitability metrics and achieving goals is very different that, you know, than leading people and developing people, developing culture. That's developing, comes along with developing yourself. And so this notion of we're gonna wake up one day and I'm gonna either go to Studio E or I'm gonna listen to the Schmidt list and I'm gonna have all the answers and flip the switch. I think that's, I, I, I think that feels like too much of a shortcut. And I would hope that most leaders understand that. I think it's the one thing I would say is number one, we talked about this before, take action. So as you take the time and make the space to take the necessary action to make change and to do it yeah. differently, start small, um, but start fast. So it doesn't have to be a big leap, but what can you do right now? We talk a lot about current means at the studio. What can I do right now to show up differently? And oftentimes it is, and I, I hate to say it comes back to this, but it does, it starts with awareness. Like yeah. you can go and try to change an organization. You can go and try to change a person or help develop develop an individual on your team. If you're not starting with some awareness for you first, my guess is you're going to be less successful. Uh, yeah, because that's the thing with the people that do, you know, I know lots of people that want to lead change in their organizations or in their team or in the just in their immediate sort of group that yeah. they're in. But what I've seen a lot of times is people are thinking about the change more so than they're thinking about the benefits to other people, the benefits to themselves. And those are ways like I've talked about this on the show a few times about getting buy into your ideas and how do you get how do you get buy into your ideas? And a big way is, you know, like I said, going back to the beginning of this is really understand where are you coming from? What is the right. what is your goal 
with this because in some organizations and in a bunch actually I've been to when you show up with a idea for change people could look at it as a political move you're jockeying for some sort of position you want more power more control blah 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 and in while those things might uh, not be true at all it could be in the way that you're presenting it and the way you're presenting it is usually an outward sort of emote uh, emote of of how you're actually feeling about it so if you haven't really spent the time with why this change is going to be great um, for you and then great for the organization if you're just thinking we should get all these new forms we should just redesign all the forms because people i've heard two people complain about them it's okay sure we can have that discussion but why why is this a problem like why is this a problem now and do you find people that come into this studio thing are very anxious to get started are they more trepidatious are they oh i might as well start here and the yeah. reason i bring that up styles is because you mentioned like Stuart simic for for a minute there people get these books and they read the books and they're like aha yes i'm good right. i'm good yeah. i have i have read leaders eat last and now i'm good and honestly when early in my career i felt that way i was like yeah i logged that in and moving on and what I realized was is those types of things are just jumping off points for where I'm going to take them, what I'm going to do with that information. Do you find that sometimes people show up at a studio A saying, oh, good, I'm going to get all the answers and then I'm I'm good. And then you're like, oh, this is teach a man to fish uh, yeah. sort of yeah. experience. So we, we, we joke about it this way. And, and okay. I think this is true even to your reference about books, right? I think I think a lot of leaders, a lot of successful leaders have fallen into the trap of you start reading uh, business books, you start reading de- development books and uh, both personal and professional development books. And the world is full of information and perspective. And I think consuming as much of that as you can is really good. But to your point, it is a starting off point. It is point zero. If you don't take that and take the, even like I said before, take one nugget of wisdom, take one thing and try it, put it into action, start applying it, make it, put it to work. It, it's really not worth anything. And in fact, it's not, wasn't even worth your time to read it. Therein lies the trap, right? We joke about it this way, right? We talk about our expedition program this way. This is not a place, and actually all of our work, we do even in the organizational work that we do and, and have done for years, as we bring uh, these practices with uh, into teams and, and companies, we are going to, to guide you in this process. Think about us as going to the gym and we're your personal trainer, okay? Yes. We're gonna tell you what exercises to do. We're gonna tell you how many repetitions to do them, but we are not gonna pick up the barbell for you. We are not going to sit on the bench and do the exercises. You have to do the heavy lifting. Yeah. You have to put it into practice. And I think, and not to really talk with Studio E, but I think that's a big part of how we've designed the program is not sure. to just have it be, it is It is a place, a, as we often say, a safe place to act and think dangerously and try these things, put yeah. them to the test, come back, report on how it's going, what's working, what's not. We boil all of our work down to seven fundamental competencies. It's I would say that simple. Now you go really deep in them and to really put them into practice and adopt them, it takes a lot of work. Um, And we would also say that what we teach and what we do is not complete. Um, It is, you have to be dually literate. You have to be an amazing managerial leader. You have to be able to look at uh, project plans and at income statements and be able to manage like they taught you in business school. You also have to be an exceptional exploratory leader. And so if you can take this and you can be duly literate, that's really powerful. But it is about putting it into practice. It isn't yeah. to just consume the next 
hot book out there. No. In fact, if that's all you're doing, I, I think there's value in, in consuming that. I think yep. if that's where it stops, you haven't gone far enough for sure. Yeah, because I think people get stuck in that sort of aspect of how can I be a leader in my organization, but not manage people. I find that I talk to a lot of people over the years, and there's a lot of folks that want more uh, accountability, more responsibility. But mo the way that most organizations are set up, to be honest, is that, well, that person has a team and leads people. The person who has that level of decision-making power and accountability yeah. and responsibility, you have to be, uh, you have to have a certain title and lead a, a certain team. Yeah. Now, me, I truly believe, like, I can teach anybody to do the books, run a, run project management software, run a HubSpot or things like that, but it's really hard to just teach people how to be nice to other right. people, encourage those folks. But well, I think there's and, also, and, and again, so the, there's a dangerous side on the flip side where people become so concerned about the other person's well-being that they actually start stunting their growth in their career because they are creating an umbrella around them where they're not going to get any bumps or bruises and they're kind of helicopter managers in a way. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think, a couple of things as you go up the, I'll call it the managerial or the leadership hierarchy. People always talk about it's lonely at the top, but the path gets narrower and narrower. And as we move on up, we people want to say they have thicker skin. I think what ends up happening is the risk they'll take to push themselves outside of that aperture is a lot less and less, right? Because it's riskier, right? There's a lot more at stake. They've earned that level and why put that at risk? So there's a lack of vulnerability. There's a lack of transparency. There's a lack of humility sometimes that I think is a big part of that. I, I, I want to come back to, I think, this idea that you raised about people and having responsibility or accountability. Yeah. And, and I use this word, it, it can be a negative, have a negative connotation, but I think it's really important. And that is influence. So there's a huge difference between I have responsibility or I have accountability. I might have a team of zero, but do I have, I earned the influence that I have within an organization, right? Yep. And the people understanding that is really powerful, right? There's, yes, there's elements of persuasion. You talked about the example of, I, I, I want to get rid of these reports because two people say, yeah, how do I, in how do I bring people into my ideas? How do I enroll? We talk about it as how do I enroll others into my way of thinking, into why this would benefit them too. But it's, again, yes, responsibility and accountability are important. I think you'd probably agree that I care about it. In fact, the way that we even talk about people we want coming to our, our programs is we want influential leaders. Yeah. We want people, and that's a self-defined leadership role, right? I don't, no one has the title of leader. Very few people do. <laughs> sure. Imagine yeah. going up as an active influencer, uh, trusted partner in this organization. If yeah. that is true, there's a lot of possibility out there for something yeah. like that, and regardless of what they do, what their job title says or how many people they manage. Yeah, yeah I find that in, sometimes it just comes down to how you are almost raised, not necessarily from a kid, but in your professional career. Because I done a bunch of career coaching over the last year. And when I bring up the word influence or that sort of thing, it's got a negative connotation. People yeah, think of yeah. like influencer or they think yeah. of manipulation or things like that. And yeah. I remember watching a talk many years ago from Gary Vaynerchuk where he said, just replace the word influence with reputation. And now mm -hmm. how do you feel about it? Because that's yeah. what it is. It's your reputation. And everybody cares about their reputation. If you care about your reputation, to your point, growing those skills and being a good influencer for positive reasons in order to not only move your agenda forward, but to move the other people's agenda around you forward, your team's agenda. And again, mm -hmm. agenda, 
negative connotation. We've gone back and I feel like we need to scrub some of these words and clean them off a little bit because yeah. they've been damaged over the years. And that's why I like the way that you and Studio E kind of put things like I like the idea of exploratory leadership because that means yeah. there's not it's more about the journey than the destination, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's about that journey. It's also about recognizing that we don't have all the answers. I mean, yeah. I think <clears throat> as a leader, that's what I mean, I, I think by definition of leadership, the moment that you recognize you can be you can have the humility and be vulnerable enough to say, I don't have it all figured out. I, I need to, one, I, yes, I have clear awareness for an alignment with where I want to go or I believe success of this organization is. And to get there, I bring a lot of other people along with me that know a yep. lot more and have a lot greater skill than I'll ever have in certain yep. areas. Yep. And that's that's so much of, of the fun, right? This isn't, you set it and you forget it. And there are businesses like that. And there are. Yes. Uh, there are organizations that operate that way. And as long as they can do, that's great. I think we, we look at it as, yes, there is a journey here that's really important. There is yeah. a cultural aspect, uh, an evangelism of this way of thinking that is really important. And if we can get leaders to and, and organizations to embrace this, it's about resiliency. And it's also about the ability to create more and better outcomes as they navigate forward, because we're all going to face it, whether it's because of a global pandemic, or because of something else that happens in the future, right. almost every organization will fall on that, that that sort of life cycle curve at some point, and will need to find a new path forward. Are you prepared and ready to do that? And it, I think to the point of it's this notion of like, you have IQ, which is it's something we all have a, as a certain scale how smart we are you have a skill set that you've developed over time that you can hone and i think we forget that's actually more closely related to what eq is the third element is eq or ei and are we constantly working on that for ourselves are we so are we creating an environment where others are working on that on behalf of the organization for themselves and their peers and their team uh, and other stakeholders, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because that's the point. If it's like early on and I thought IQ, okay, people have misconception about IQ. Like yeah. that's a set number and you can't ever change it. Well, that's wrong. You can yeah. increase your IQ. You right. can't. And same with emotional intelligence. I think that's one reason why people put it in the EQ sort of IQ sort of space is because it is yeah potential for you to increase and grow in in that. And I think, like I said, we've been talking about this a lot, but it starts with you. It starts with you understanding what yep. your goals are, what your purpose is, and what you're trying to get out of it. Now, those things might change a week from now. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah, but you got to sure. start somewhere. Yeah. Yep. And it's awareness for your purpose and what you want to achieve. It's also awareness for how emotions around that affect yep, you. Yep. So like, how am I showing up emotionally? And am I am I demonstrating awareness for that? And then and only then can I do that for other people. Yep. Then and only then can I think about how my success and the business success might overlap with Kurt's success. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. I can't even I can't even come to that conversation if I don't have the awareness for me first. Yeah, um, no, I remember years ago at work when I was trying to, I was in a middle management sort of role and I was trying to grow in my ability to manage and my ability to influence and be able to hire the right people and all that sort of stuff. And I kept a notebook with me that I, anytime something triggered me, whether it was happy or sad, I just wrote it down. I wrote it down yeah. and I would review that stuff at the end of each week and kind of start to learn 
what were some of the things that were happening at work or around me that were triggering either a positive or a negative sort of emotion or just even reaction, right? And I think that really helped me over time start to learn what are the things that around me are causing some of that. Being able to build up some some sort of, I don't know how to put it, but some sort of buffer, I guess, when I saw those situations coming to where I could be less reactive. And again, it went back to doing that personal work up front and not just going out and being like, you're, you know, the way you're presenting this stuff is wrong. I'm not getting yeah. it. There are two points there that I want to, I want to yeah, bring please. up. What you did is really smart and, and not a lot of people get it. I think you did it intuitively, but this notion of you have a feeling brain, right? And you have your thinking brain and what you did by writing it out, the neuroscience in that was converting your feelings into thinking. And we don't, people don't think about that. That's right. not something we consciously, oh, I got to convert how I feel into how I think, but it's mm. translating it from a very emotive feeling into a thinking moment. Uh, and it gets it outside of yourself, which is super, super powerful to one, create awareness for it, but then yep. ultimately to side pocket it, to, to put it where it belongs and deal with it as a feeling, not something that will balloon or consume you. And so very cool that you did that because a lot of people wouldn't. Yeah, the thing is to your exact point, I was trying to be I was trying to be very intentional with understanding how I was perceived outside of the reactions and and things that I was doing because, and again, I didn't learn this stuff always because I had the most amazing bosses and amazing (laughs) leaders. A lot of this stuff I learned from what I wished some of my leaders would have spent time doing. Um, And, uh, but then I had to, I had to hold up that mirror to myself. What am I doing differently? How am I I'm actually not just following in the footsteps of this maybe not so great manager and just covering up their footsteps, but how am I trying to uh, be actually different and make a bigger and stronger impact in the world? And for me, it was really being able to really understand what was driving my intentions and my emotions as I was going throughout the day in a workplace. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's uh, very much aligned with something I say often. I'm not always as good at practicing it. When, yeah, when sure. something does bother you or you have that moment of, you shared the example of presentation, it's all wrong. Yeah. When those moments happen, it's easy to be critical of others. But when are we critical of ourselves in those moments to yeah. reflect on how am, I, how am I being? How have I shown up to the extent that this has happened, right? What am I doing that's causing this? And it might be something really big or it might be something really small. It might be... 100% the issue or might be nothing at all. But even taking the moment to stop and reflect back is a critical one. And I, and in the hustle of the everyday, in the busyness that I think so many people get caught up in, and we all can be, that reflective, th- those reflective moments to stop, especially when we're interacting with others and we're having, it's, it's relationship management after all. It goes in business as it does for personal, whether it's with a significant other or with children or with fan, whomever, your friends. Like, how am I being, how am I showing up that might be contributing to what I, the outcome that's happening? And, and, those are, and the other thing that I find to be valuable, again, maybe not always best practiced, but is understanding what I have control over and what I don't. Right. And so this notion of there are certain things that are just naturally going to be out of my control. Yep. And if I get consumed by that, especially emotionally consumed, I'm likely going to be going down the wrong path for a really long time. If yep. I can get more centered in the things that I can control uh, and take them from emotional to action-oriented next steps, better chance of overcoming them or turning them into something that's more positive. So... 
That's super smart. Styles, I want yeah. to thank you so much for joining me. If I want to know more about the work you do at Studio E, which I cannot recommend enough <laughs> to people who are watching this and paying attention to it, it's a fantastic group. They've been around forever and just so many success stories, whether you've had like thousand, a thousand plus graduates yeah, now. Yeah, we're approaching uh, 1,500 people. 1,500 uh, graduates, that's program. amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, so Stout, tell me more. Like, where do I find out more info? The URL is yourstudioe.com. I don't know if that'll be in the post of I this will put it uh, in the, later. I will put it um, in the description. Yep. And then as you as you navigate forward, our expedition program, I would also throw out there as a little plug, we are launching Expedition 34. So our 34th cohort will launch on April 27th. If that's something you're interested in, you can look for me on any of my social handles. I'm sure, I'm sure Kurt will post those as well. You can also get in contact with us uh, through the website. Awesome. Thanks so much, Styles. I always enjoy our conversations. Yeah. Thanks, Kurt. It was a pleasure being with you. Thank you for listening to Schmidt List. If you like this episode, you'll love our new YouTube channel. Just head to YouTube and search for Schmidt List and subscribe. We'll be doing live interviews and career coaching weekly, so I'd love to see you there. If you're interested in how my company, Foundry, accelerates innovation, head to foundrymakes.com to check out all the work produced by our amazing team of strategists, designers, and engineers for companies of all sizes. And one last thing, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes as it helps other fantastic people like yourself find the show. Have a great week, everyone. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.